podcast discussing music and movie topics that could include spoilers. Click on episode details for titles we're discussing so we don't ruin anything for you. My name's Marissa. My name's Nicole. We couldn't find an intro, so we made our own. We hope you like it, cause it's all we've got. And yeah, that's weird, but whatever. Hey everyone, it's Editing Marissa here. So unfortunately, we had some pretty low-quality audio come through for this episode, and I do want to apologize for that. From now on, the audio will be like you're hearing it now. Finally figured it out. Thank heavens. I just want to say it is a really good episode, so if you could please bear with us, listen to it. It's totally worth it. There's some pretty funny stuff in there, but I just wanted to let you know, as you can hear right now, our audio is better, and next episode will be, well, it won't have any hollowness or echoing or anything like that. So if you hear little taps in this, what you're hearing, it's because my dog is walking around next to me. So that's not a part of the audio. That's just my dogs. (laughs) So thank you again for listening and bearing with us. We really, really do appreciate it. And on with the episode. Hello. Hi guys. We're back. So three, baby. Oh my God, three in and I haven't uploaded one yet. That's cool though. You know, trying to stay ahead of the curve. Yeah. Yeah. Soon. So I had a, a nightmare. No. Uh, what? Oh, no. <laughs> Not a literal nightmare. Reacting. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I had a nightmare time trying to edit all of these. It was, honestly... God bless it. It was, one of, it was really difficult. Editing wasn't difficult. Learning mm. how to do it and how to... Because, I mean, let's just be real. Our equipment is literally... Two, baby. <laughs> yeah, two really cheap mics and a 10-year-old yeah. laptop. And so we don't have the best stuff right. to work with. And so I'm trying to make it sound better than it actually does. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, it was interesting to say the least, but so apologies. I know we still got some like white noise in the background, but which is, I mean, I feel like it's not totally the end of the world. It's not the end of the world, but you know, it's, bear with us one day. We'll have really nice um, equipment and you guys will. So yeah. Do you have any songs in your head today? Or any? Yeah. Yesterday it was... Four or five seconds. Uh, oh, Rihanna well, and Kanye and Paul McCartney. Yeah. So I was having a day, and I was looking at four or five seconds from Wild and And I pulled up the music video, and she does like this eye roll in the video, and it was like, Mood. girl. Mood. I love her. I'm in love with her. Oh, She's been my favorite. It. Yeah, and my husband is in love with her. But that song, yeah, massively yesterday. I listened to a lot of the kind music today at work. So really? Got a lot of work done today. So you were like in the zone with your music? Yeah, so like I'll, if I've got a lot of stuff to get through, mm-hmm. I'll put on some music. Yeah. No, nothing really sticking out to me today. I am, um, if my voice is a little, well, I, I, oops, I always think my voice is kind of low and manly. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it is even more today, it's because I was building Demi Lovato's new song. Oh. The, yeah, Major of Feels. Oh, that, she made me cry. That song is just, it literally, there aren't even a lot of words in that song, mm-hmm. but it just encompasses it all the feelings. It reminds me a lot get. when Kesha first performed. Praying. Yes. It's like, girls, just give me, give me a piece of your heart. Yeah, and that's what it felt like. What's, like, it really just makes things seem very transparent. Yeah. And 
it's just such a good song because one, it's simple. Mm-hmm. Two, you can get loud with it, and sometimes, well, but also sometimes I feel like it's important to get loud and just mm-hmm. like feel those emotions mm-hmm. out loud, and that song is really good for that. But yeah, I was belting that song today. I I just I really do love her. And, mm-hmm. Been big and has been redone. It was not 
It wasn't a big hit. It was not popular. It wasn't popular when it came out. So in the 19... 19- it, it, it came out on film in to do a live action instead of an animated. Okay. It was changed to animation in 1946, though, and was a flop. Okay, so it was originally considered to be live action, but was changed to animation in 1946. So from 1930 to 1946, they were playing around with it being a live action. So originally, Disney distributed, like, almost hours episodes mm-hmm. on... Um, his TV series Disneyland. So he had a TV series. Okay. Um, and the first episode of Disneyland was the one with, with like Alice characters. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, it was live action and cartoon in one. So they would have like these cartoons dancing around a live character who was just like really awkwardly put in cartoon cars. It's very hard Mm. to especially back then it was hard to animate anything around live people. Basically they tried to release it. Well they did release it in 1951 and it was not successful. The only time it became successful was once the psychedelic era became 20 years later. I was going to say there was a little bit ahead of their time with the the smoking category. Yeah. All the weird Which, of course, stuff. so was Lewis Carroll. But. Right, yeah. So, 20 years later, it finally became successful. It is regarded as one of Disney's greatest classics. Mm-hmm. It is also a cult classic and best film adaptation of books. Hey. <sighs> the live action with Tim Burton and Johnny right. Depp and all that came out in 2010. So, the backstory on, because earlier I mentioned... 16 years ago. <laughs> 
Okay, so the beginning of the beginning of this. Later rebranded as Walt Disney Productions. Their series in 1924 that began in 1924 ended in 1927. So we could say the start of Disney began with Alice. That's very cool. Yeah, so just like a quick recap. He read the books when he was a boy. He did Alice's Wonderland shorts when he was in his 20s took it to Hollywood and started his Disney production. Oh. I'll start with Alice. So, earlier I was trying to explain to you these shorts that he did. So these shorts were like silent movies. Okay. They had cartoons, but they also had like inserts of real people. So, if you could imagine, yeah, it's so really... like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit type of situation? Yes, except very, but very old. Yeah, so, you know, like, Steamboat Willie type cartoons? It was like that. And, but every once in a while, you'd see, like, a live black and white person sitting, supposed to be sitting in the car, but it looks like they're sitting on the trunk because it's Mm -hmm. just kind of badly animated because they didn't have the Right. Well, you know what? They probably were like, I can't believe how real that looks. Yeah, that looks so good. So, the film adaptation was scrapped for Snow White. Mm-hmm. Because Disney didn't want to release Alice in Wonderland after Paramount's live action. So mm-hmm. there are a bunch of different Alice in Wonderlands. Right. Paramount also had a live action Alice in Wonderland, but it's very strange, very yeah. awkward, not very popular. But Disney was like, we're going to put Alice on hold. Yeah. Because they just did an Alice, and like, we don't want to lose our flaw. Yeah, which is funny because it was kind of a flop anyway. Yeah. But anyway, so finally, 1971 happened um, in the height of the psychedelic mm-hmm. era. It was screened at several sold-out venues and then re-released in theaters in 1974. Disney promoted the film during the psychedelic time frame um, using the white song The White Rabbit. Mm-hmm. By Jefferson Airplane. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> no, for real? Yeah, no, for real. Okay, so like, I, we just kind of put these together because we knew there was something like that. Yeah. You already know they used that for their. I, I did not know they used it that to really advertise cool. with it. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, so they took the White Rabbit song, which, if you have not heard the White Rabbit song, go look that song up. It is so fantastic. It's, it is wonderful. And it's actually also used in. The movie Sucker Punch. Have you ever seen Sucker Punch? Mm. Such a good yes. movie, and, right? And it's like during like a fight scene. Yes. Oh, it's so now awesome. I need to watch that movie. I know it's so, so awesome. Good. So right. So they. Do you have that in your in your Sucker Punch? Oh yes, I have Sucker Punch. I'm yeah. Okay. I keep. I feel like I keep jumping back, but there's just so many like mm-hmm. points. Like it came out in 1951. It's a rebrand, not rebranded, but re-advertised yeah. and re-released. And 20 years later. And it was excess because of the songs that they were using. And drugs. Yeah, and drugs. Okay, some fun stuff for the future. In 2019, uh-huh. it was it was said that Disney Plus was working on the Cheshire Cat Show. What? Yeah, so I don't know how they're going to do that. Mm-hmm. That focuses on the cat. Lewis Carroll has no, and there is no answer to, why is it writing like the writing book? There's no answer to that. He just literally just threw some words together and, like, made it a riddle. Mm-hmm. There's no answer. And people have tried to answer it and, like, make it answer. But according to the author of that riddle, 
There is no answer. The Mad Hatter was drawn to resemble the voice actor Ed Wynn. Yeah. Which you could totally see if you look yeah. at it. He, his voice is just so... Distinct. So distinct. You know that's him if it's, if it's him. <laughs> you know it's him if it's him. The Mad Hatter is apparently based on the phrase mad as a hatter, which has a historical basis. I know this. You know this? I do know this. Thanks to the the, blue they use? the live release of Alice in Wonderland. Is that where you learned it? No. Oh, okay. So in the hat industry of the 19th century, there are extensive uses of mercury. Liquid mercury, the cause of mercury poisoning, poisoning, and among other things, caused brain damage. Yeah. And the they symptoms are slurred speech, memory loss, tremors, and behavior that's seen as insane. Alice in Wonderland syndrome, which is also known as Todd's syndrome, is a disorienting neurological condition with brain tumors, drugs, and migraines associated with those things. Yeah. There are there have been many drug references within Alice. In Wonderland, such as the eat me cakes, which makes you grow, and the drink me bottles, which make you shrink, and the multi-sided mushroom that makes you grow and shrink. So it's not too much information. It's kind of a short little synopsis, but yeah. I think it's just interesting that this, they were working on this before Snow mm-hmm. White. And Snow White was, quote unquote, the first classic Disney movie that came out. Right. That's but they had this. Alone to be the first one. Yeah. But they had this on the back burner and... Mm-hmm. It flopped, and then they re-released it when a bunch of people were on drugs, and now it's this big, huge thing. Yeah. And now here we are. Talking about it on a podcast. Nobody's going to look at Talking about it on a podcast. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Did you see the Super Bowl commercial? It's a cow pack. It's a cow pack. It's a yeah. cow pack. Yeah, I wasn't expecting those, that accent to come. Those well, accents all to those come people out. are from Boston. That's oh, really? I didn't know they were They're from all Boston. from Boston originally, so they may not have, like, that strong uh, Mark Wahlberg accent anymore. I thought he was from New York. Yeah. Oh. Okay. That's awful, awful, obvious, terrible <laughs> version of that. <laughs> we're not much on accents. Uh, <laughs> not even going to try. <laughs> but you did. <laughs> Whatever. Terrible. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so let's get into Jefferson Airplane. So I knew, or I did not know, that it was used for the re-release. That's really, really interesting. That is insane, yeah. When I think of Jefferson Airplane, the first thing that I think of is not Jefferson Airplane, but a song Reliant. called Jefferson Airplane. Reliant. Jefferson Airplane, I'm trapped in Miami clothes. Yeah. <laughs> It's just one of those, like, oh, good old Reliant. That's on a Reliant K CD called Jefferson Airplane. It's on that scale. So, yeah. Um, that's the first thing I think of when I hear Jefferson Airplane. That's the first time I'd ever heard of Jefferson Airplane. And I didn't know it was a band the, at the, the time. name. I thought it was just a random thing but, he said. I know we would have heard the songs. Oh, for sure. But we didn't know who sang those songs. Yeah, or cared because we were kids. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I wasn't quite to that. I know all things about music stage where I had to know who everybody are, is. Are you at that stage now? I mean, I do know who everybody is. So, um, <laughs> <you're in drag. laughs> but I write about it at work all the time. It's an airplane. Jefferson Airplane. So, Trapped in Iron Man Closed. <laughs> it's going to be like the one that gets that. 
I swear to God, somebody one day is going to listen to this and be like, I know that I know who Reliant K is. Pepperoni. Snakes. in 1965 in San Francisco. Um, the original members were Martin Nolan, Sydney, Australia. No, it might be Sign, S-I-G-N-E. Anderson? Sydney. Like Sigourney? I don't know. Oh. I apologize for butchering your name. Yes, because you're definitely listening to Jorma. this. Another one I'm going to butcher. Jorma. Conan and Wow, these names. <laughs> Why can't you just be called like John Smith? <laughs> right. From um, the band, that was the band in 1966 to 1970. And then there was um, keyboardist and vocalist Grace Slick and bassist Jack Cassidy and drummer Spencer Friday. Um, okay, I'm sorry. How many band members are we at right girl, now? You just wait. Oh, that's right. Because they split they off in like not, two different bands. Yeah, I don't know if they fought all the time. Or if they just couldn't decide which direction they wanted to go musically, but this band is like the Real Housewives. I mean, they just went this, that, every other life. But Jefferson Airplane, the band, was um, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame That particular that group of people. That, that version of the band. <laughs> um, it is considered acid rock. Ooh. Oh, I love that. Acid rock. It is. I'm getting slap happy for some reason. <laughs> and I don't know why, because it's like 8 p.m. It's not even that late. Yep. So it's, that loosely is defined a type of rock that. Uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You just said loosely is defined a type of rock. What? Acid rock is a loosely defined type of rock evolved out of the mid-60s garage punk movement. Okay. And it helped launch the psychedelic subculture. Love it. Um, this style is generally defined by heavy, distorted guitars, lyrics with drug references, and long, improvised jams. They played at Woodstock in 1969. No surprise there. Right. Um, you want to talk about acid rock. For real. Drug, you know, drug subculture. So if you were a hippie during the 60s and 70s, like many of our grandparents were, I could, um, I could not even imagine them being hippies. <laughs> Grandpa would have been an adorable hippie, though. That swagger. Well, that if, poncho. You, if you were, Woodstock was necessary. Um, it was your uh, right, necessary passage. sojourn along to your road to Nirvana. Okay. Like, they were looking for Nirvana by means of <laughs> any. Why are you staring at me like that? <laughs> I don't know. Can you repeat that? Before the road part? Necessary soldier who offered to honor. So Woodstock was With the soldier. Long the journey. Oh. Sojourn? Soldier. Not soldier. <laughs> you said soldier, like an, in a war soldier. Can you define so, that word for me? No. <laughs> I copied and pasted, okay? Okay, so you so, had to go to Woodstock. So if you were a hippie during the 60s or 70s, it was like you were on the road to Nirvana. You, the stop you had to make Woodstock, it was, that was the place to be. Okay, I um, got you. Have you ever, you know, that's a whole other topic, how Woodstock is. I mean, wow. So many drugs. So much just, I mean, peak 
everywhere, sleeping on the ground oh, next please. to strangers. No. I mean, Good Lord, no. There was no food. What? There was, I mean, they expected a couple thousand people. Oh, really? And all these people showed up and they felt like some beef. Oh, you know, that sounds like that one. It was a fire festival. Yes, fire festival, <laughs> yes. I watched that documentary. Did you? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so the music was comprehensive. The drugs were life-altering. Casual sex was mind-numbing. It was just this thing. <laughs> All of that combined sounds awful. I, sounds so awkward to me. Like, I couldn't even imagine being there. I'd be like, I need some hand sanitizer. Introduce the band with these words. I'm ready. All right, friends. You have seen the heavy groups. Now you will see morning maniac music. Believe me, yeah. It's the new dawn. Because they were set to play the very last band of day two. But they didn't actually go on until 8 a.m. the next morning. Good lord. Because the, the bands just kept playing longer than they were supposed to. <laughs> they kept having those long, <clears throat> long drawn out improvised jams. Um, the set included Somebody to Love, White Rabbit, and a 21-minute rendition of Wooden Ships. One song. 21 minutes. Good Lord Almighty. I get irritated with Justin Timberlake because an eight-minute song. I love him. Good God. Or five minutes worth skipping to the next song. Yeah. And they played nine other songs as well. Woodstock, 1969, was, uh, that, it was just huge. Um, that was on the East Coast. The West Coast in December of 1969 tried to do the same thing. They were like, wow, what a great turnout. We need, we need to, to do it. Here. Yeah. So Livermore, California, the security for the event was supposed to be provided by Hells Angels. The uh, motorcycle? The motorcycle club. And what were they calling this festival? Alamont. That's why it didn't do very well. Oh, it did. It did something, yeah. So <laughs> this is actually like, I had not heard about this. Everybody talks about Woodstock. They don't yeah. talk about it. Yeah, I've never heard of it. This is crazy. Okay. The event is actually best known because of the considerable violence that went on during. No way. Yeah. Including uh, the stabbing death of a woman named Meredith Hunter. Jeez. And three other accidental deaths. Two were caused by a hit and run accident, and one was an LSD-induced drowning in an irrigation pit. Oh, my God. Um, scores of other people were injured. Um, numerous cars were stolen and abandoned. And well, why did they bring the Hell's Angels in? Extensive property damage. So, um, the Hell's Angels were actually hired um, as security by the management of the Rolling Stones. Wow. So they hired them. They, um, I guess they were at Woodstock, maybe, and they realized we needed security. Um, according to Grace Slick, um, the vibes were bad, she said. Something was very peculiar, not particularly bad, just really peculiar. It was that kind of hazy, abrasive, unsure kind of day. And she expected the loving vibes of Woodstock, but it wasn't coming from her. That so she horrible. just had a weird feeling about the day anyway. Um, it was just a whole different situation in Woodstock. Uh, by some accounts, like I said, the Hells Angels were hired by security of the management of Rolling Stones on the recommendation of the Grateful Dead and Jefferson Airplane, because they both had previously used the Hells Angels for security. So, so the Hell's Angels really just weren't enough for... Well, they uh, were actually part of it, unfortunately. So they got hired to do that for $500 worth of beer. 
is what they were paid to do. Wow. Um, some of the Hells Angels actually got into a scuffle with Meredith Hunter, the woman who died. She was oh, 18 no. years old. Oh my um, gosh. Excuse me, I said the woman, but this is saying he. Apologies, perhaps he was a man. Oh, really? Either way, 18-year-old young person named Meredith, he or she. Okay. They attempted to get on stage with other fans. Oh. Um, one of them grabbed Hunter's head, punched him, and chased him back into the crowd. After minutes paused, they turned back to the stage, where, according to the producer, um, his girlfriend found him and terribly begged him to calm down, move further back in the crowd with her. He was reportedly enraged and irrational. So high he could barely walk. Oh my gosh. Um, Rock Scully, who could see the audience clearly from the top of the truck by the stage, said of Hunter, I saw what he was looking at, that he was crazy and on drugs, and he had murderous intent. There was no doubt in my mind that he intended to do some terrible harm to Nick or someone else at the Rolling Stones or someone else on that stage. They were concerned that he kept getting on the stage with malicious intent because he was high on Right. Following the scuffle with the angels, he tried to climb on stage again. Um, if you can actually see in the footage of the concert, he's wearing a bright white and green suit. You can see him trying to climb on the stage with the footage. Um, he returned to the front of the crowd and drew a long barrel 22 caliber revolver from inside his jacket. Um, Hell's Angels, Alan Sarum, saw him, drew a knife from his belt, and charged with him from the side. Um, Carrying his pistol with his left hand and stabbing him twice in his right hand. How do you kill someone by stabbing in their right hand? I guess hand? bleed out. If, my God, how far away were they from the hospital? I guess we I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know that. But anyway, I guess, of, I guess he could have gotten his wrist. Yeah, very But a lot of drama there for a music festival. Did yeah. Jefferson Airplane play yeah, on that end too? Yeah, they were okay. there. Um, that's scary. That is so scary. I mean, that's still the kind of thing that I mean you never know what you're going to get into when you know all those kind of people like that so yeah um anyway that's breaks down to some creepy levels or anything but some crap went down you know yes it did okay another fact here in the early 70s here's where it starts to get weird okay we got to pay attention me and hopefully someone else listening (laughs) to this podcast are you confused already I'm not confused but I know I'm gonna be early 70s okay 1970s airplane split in two Oh, okay. Math calculation in my head. I'm just imagining that gift gif of, <laughs> of that woman who's like looking and then like you see the, the calculations math, of the math face. equations. Okay, one so split, split two. two. John Cassidy and Jorma Kokonen. Kokonen? Yep. They formed a bluesy acoustic band named Hot Tuna. In 1969. The yeah. worst kind of tuna. <laughs> Agreed. Um, okay, but like, I never heard hear the this. word tuna without thinking of the office, and they call him Big Tuna. And I have no idea what you're talking about, so, okay. So they, they formed the band Hot Tuna. I feel like I'm fairly well listened. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm not, you know, oh, yeah. Or I, think, I think both of us are well I've never heard of this band. I've never, I've never, listened, I've never heard um, of this band either. They are still touring to this day. Hot Tuna. Hot Tuna. Okay, but when you say that, you have to get really... Hot tuna. Like a hot breath. Hot tuna. Still touring. Still touring. I looked up their songs. <laughs> Never heard of before. They're still touring because they have nothing. I'm a, I imagine though their touring is like at like 
pussy nose. Thank you for coming to the dog adoption. Thank you for coming to the arts and crafts fair where we also have dog adoptions. <laughs> um, see us after for some free merch and autographs. We are hot, hot, <laughs> hot to not. I mean, good for them. You know, they gotta be in their seventies. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, sure, her, yeah. Do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Uh, one day. <laughs> That's what I'm working on. So, Cotner um, went with uh, Jefferson Starship with the uh, and with some of the other members. Um, yeah, so originally we were Ste- Jefferson Airplane, and right. now we've split into Hot, Hot Tuna. Tuna and Jefferson Starship. And Jefferson Starship. And they, they say, nothing's gonna stop us. Right. Um... And we can build a thing together. Nothing's gonna stop us. Who sings that one? I'm getting it. Oh, jeez. There's yet another split. I I have a funny story about them. Okay? Mm -hmm. Jefferson Airplane. Okay. So I bought that shirt, right? And I was like, I love, I know these specific songs of theirs that I love. Right? (laughs) And I was like, I'm gonna buy their greatest hits. <laughs> so I did, and it's like twenty songs long, and I was like, "Oh hell yeah, I'm so pumped!" And it, so I put it on shuffle. They have twenty hits. I don't know. I'm just saying there were a lot of hits, okay? Because I put they it on shuffle, all. and it was oh, I'm looking at the thing. It was like Jefferson Starship, and I was like, "Who the hell?" They'd have to what? And then it was just like Starship, and it was <laughs> yeah. like, "What is wait 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 happening?" No hot tuna. No hot tuna. <laughs> <laughs> no hot tuna. I know why, but I'll tell you in a minute. Okay, but yeah, I, so, I yeah. Jefferson Starship. Um, some of their hits were uh, "Find Your Way Back," "Sarah," and "Miracles." Um, Jefferson Starship eventually deteriorated into Starship, right? Uh, which Dylan had uh, Grace Slick in the vocal, so that's why he was originally really Jefferson Airplane, maybe. Yes, she. Right, uh, she. Yeah, she was. Okay, so she this she's the voice you recognize, right? Okay. So she was basically in all of the bands except for Hot Tuna. Right. She stuck around for all of them. Gotcha. I'm. But the band so far now is four. We're on our fourth name, right? Starship? Yes. So Starship is just Mickey Thomas, Grace Slick, Peter Sears, Donnie Baldwin. Um, they have a few hits. Nothing gonna stop us now. Which you just That's think. what I was thinking. Starship. And without this, yes. Which we built this city on a rock and we built this city. Which, you know, I'm down for anytime sitting somewhere listening to it. You know, it's a great classic. Yeah. Um, Blender Magazine actually named it the worst song ever. Are you serious? Yes. You know, I don't, um, I don't get critics. I don't trust them. And Canva, uh, uh, who did not stay when it went into Starship, has very blatantly made sure no one, everyone knows he had nothing to do with that song. But that's like he's salty about it. It's he's like, like a good song. I didn't though, write I that song. Yeah, I mean it's it's an eighties rock. Yeah, thing. it's, it's not, not really great. It's not supposed to be deep or anything. No. It's just it's kind of like a Katy Perry song. It's fun to sing, but it doesn't mean anything. Right. <laughs> ah, sorry, um, Katy. 
so this is another there's just so many weird things i don't think i actually mentioned any of the tips of jefferson airplane white rabbit about white rabbit and somebody to love so if you have not heard somebody will you remind love, me somebody to love because the only somebody to love don't you want somebody to love oh yes such a good song really good but every time i hear that title i think queen right i, I can see that so, and that's but probably also very good. Her voice is very distinctive. So. Yes, very much. This is just <laughs> stranger than life, this fact that I'm going to give you. They actually played a track on a very infamous holiday special. Oh. 1978. Can you guess what holiday special? Holiday special. You know, I really don't know the answer to this question. It was the infamous Star Wars holiday special. I almost freaking said Star Wars, really? and I didn't, like yeah. an idiot. So, in the se- 1970, the guitar player, um, with a group of other musicians, released an album. I mean, they just kind of really just did whatever they want. I'm it's telling like, you. I'm going to make music no matter I'm how. telling you. Forever ago? Not forever ago. It was just ago. like how it was. It was just like, you walk, I'm just going to do this. You walked just, into a recording studio and just freaking like, did anybody it. Anybody can do it. You yeah. Just, you pay for your studio time, and then maybe somebody will play it. Yeah, exactly. Um... They released an album called Blows Against the Empire. <gasps> That's which is uh, a science fiction themed album. That sounds phenomenal. They were massive Star Wars fans. No way. Massive Star Wars fans. So that album is credited to Paul Cantor, Age of Starship. Um, is who is listed as the artist. Okay. So in June of nineteen seventy seven, um, the group was photographed with Darth Vader. <laughs> Wasn't actually him. Yeah. He died. <laughs> He's not real. Oh, uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> he died. Um, he, they were photographed with Darth Vader. Um, one time, um, Grace Slick met Mark Hamill backstage at a concert, and she introduced herself as Darth Vader's wife. I love... Which is kind of a backwards way of saying, I'm your mommy. Oh, <laughs> so Mark Hamill? I love Mark Hamill. Right. Do you follow him on Twitter? I don't. He's hilarious. Really? Yes. Um, so they performed, because there were some big fans, they performed the song Light the Sky on Fire um, as an uncredited band. They did not, the band wasn't saying mm-hmm. there any special here's Jefferson, whatever. It was yeah. just like they were watching a band. Yeah. Um, they, they sang the song Light the Sky on Fire during the, uh, the Star Wars holiday special. Um, if you get a chance, you can pull that part of it up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a time machine from 1978 watching it. It's just I bet. crazy. They like, um, are you familiar like when they're on the Millennium Falcon and they're playing like the, their version of like chess or whatever? Yes. And it's like the projection. Yes. It's like they open up this projection and the band is like inside of it. Stop it. Yeah. It's, it's neat. That's hilarious. But yeah, they're big Star Wars fans, which is all right. I mean, oh, hell yeah. yeah. Jefferson Airplane, um, like I mentioned earlier, was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1996. Okay. Or so he thought. What? Drama. Yes, drama. Drama? Drama. So, on the eve of 1996, the induction gala. I was just as confused looking at my notes. I was like, what? I remember (laughs) things differently than what I wrote down. Hi, sweetie face. So, on the eve of the gala in 1996, the star star vocalist bracelet. Mm-hmm. One of those bands. It was in every band, band, yeah. Other than Hot. Other than Hot. Tuna. Tuna. <laughs> um, 
so, like I mentioned earlier, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall for the next day. Six. Dum dum. Wait, really? Dum dum. They didn't know if they were inducted? Well, um, on the eve of the game. Mm-hmm. Well, Ooh. <laughs> I, that um, sounded Grace very much was missing in action. I mean, she was okay. not there. Um, they moved to close that gap because when you get inducted, you perform. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, they suggested that Joan Osborne fill in, but they didn't. None of the other members went for that. Um, she actually never even made the trip. Uh, <gasps> she was stricken by a medical condition that left her with a swollen foot and infected eye. And she was 56 at the time, and she decided there was no possible way she was going to appear on stage as a world off the shore and bear from that makeup. Another problem was that the drummer had not played with him in 25 years, hadn't touched his drum set in a year. So there was just some drama going on there. I believe they were inducted, but they didn't perform properly. It was just a whole thing. I was going to say, surely, that like the paperwork had been filed before. Yeah, they were I mean, it's perform. just one of those things, and I think. I don't know. Just drama. Drama! A lot of drama there. A lot of splitting. Yeah, just, it, it's just hard for me to be like, hey guys, you want to make another album? Nope, I'm out. Peace. Well, then let me go find some But you can't people. use our name anymore. Alright. Yeah, we'll just drop one of the names and add a different name, and then we'll just drop <laughs> one of those names and go to one name. Oh, you, you thought, oh, you thought we were Jefferson Airplane? No, no, no. no. We're Jefferson Donk. Starfish. Starfish. <laughs> Jefferson Starfish. <laughs> we are Jefferson Starship. Just kidding. Just kidding. We're just Starship. We're hot tuna. Hot tuna. I mean, those dudes are still touring. I mean, they, you go to the website, they have tour dates. They apparently have the most longevity of the Well, whole group. and I mean, they switched to like a bluesy acoustic type of thing. This is oh, okay. a little more forgiving. So I, bet, I bet they play a lot, a lot of like bars in Nashville. Casinos. <laughs> oh, casinos? I swear, casinos. When I think of hot tuna, I think of, well, I used to work at Subway in high school. And so I think of the people who would come in and be like, I want tuna with cheese. And I'm like, okay, great. Cheese. No. I'm like, great. So I'm making their sandwich and I like toast it. And I look at us and, bread and I'm like, uh, toast it? I was like, I already put the meat on it. Yeah, yeah, that's how I wanted it. Uh, I want it. my mayo hot. <laughs> it was just like, it's disgusting. So it's hot tuna. Nothing's gonna stop us. Oh. Here's a fun one. They're gonna be at the Musical Instrument Museum in Phoenix, Arizona with the opening band Dick Folk. What's <laughs> up, folks? Dick Folk and Hot Tuna performing live on Center Stage. I'm nauseated. <laughs> Disgusted. Um. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. But honestly, who comes up with these names? I don't know. I thought Hot Tuna um, was bad. But what? Dick Boat? Dick Boak. Dick okay. Boak? Dick Boak. Dick folk. I don't know what that is. Say that three times fast. No, thank you. <laughs> I think they kind of stay on the coasts. Um, <laughs> I think it was sold out. Um, 50 seat arena. Sold, sold out show, or, uh, show at Perky Station in Pomeroy, Ohio. Okay, wait, in wait, November. wait. Are they still touring with Dick folk? <laughs> nope. Nope, they're by themselves. At the so I was about to say, if Dick Boke and Hot Tuna <laughs> at were, the perfor- <laughs> were performing at the Furbies, 
I can't. I would think that was something that happened in the 80s. Right. That was an adult film. Um, I'm proud of them. I don't even know them, but I'm low-key proud, proud of them. Living legends is what they describe themselves in their website. Well, they are living. Yeah. The name Hot Tuna invokes many different moods and reactions. Yes, yeah, disgust. There are hot Tuna fans. Millions of them. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Two million, exactly. To sound Hot Tuna. <laughs> to sound Hot Tuna is a reminder of some wild, happy times. Oh, God. To others, that name will forever be linked to their own discovery of the power and death of American blues and blues. You know what it reminds, what it takes me back to? Fans? A cold fish sandwich. Hot tuna is a tight. Oh, stop it. <laughs> masterful duo that is on the cutting edge of great music. Oh, it is. <laughs> I am reading directly from the website. <laughs> Two kids in 1950s Washington, D.C. knew they wanted to make music. This is, like she said, directly mm. from the website, guys. There's, this is a really long bio. Like, Don't read it all, please. I had enough at... I can't. I had it enough at... Let me just name some of their um, albums. Splashdown. <laughs> oh my god, you can't see me guys. I just put my hand on my face and just totally... Just exhaustion. Hair a dice found. Oh my god, are you serious? The Paradise Found. Live at Sweetwater. Uh, not for one and two. Splashdown two. <laughs> so creative. Um, steady as she goes. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. You can't make this stuff up. Trimmed and burning. Oh my god. <laughs> I I'm not making this up. In a can. <laughs> That's the name of their album? Hot Tuna in a can. Oh my god. That is genius. Keep on trucking. Yellow Fever. Hot Tuna. Best Yellow Fever. Best of Grunt. <laughs> Hot Tuna Grunt. <laughs> That's crazy. These people you have never, you have, have never heard never of. Never heard of them, but they just can't. Are just so touring. Yeah, they're just touring their little bodies off. Nope, something like that. Um, all right. All right. That was a good episode, I think. I had a good time learning about that hot tuna. We'll catch you next time. Yeah. We won't be talking about the hot tuna because that's, uh, that's weird. God, please don't ever bring that up again. I'm, I am <laughs> appalled. Just appalled. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on the internet. I, on the World Wide Web. On the World Wide Internet. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have Twitter. It is that's weird but whatever and we have instagram that's weird but whatever um yeah so if you're talking to if you're talking to twitter you're talking to me if you're talking to the grand you're talking to me and uh, you know that hot tuna right hot tuna. that's weird uh but whatever